anything could still happen. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. We've got another special episode in store for you here today, Friday, March 20th. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We've got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. And finally, back in studio, it's the international man of mystery and the hour, taking it to the max, <laughs> Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm, <laughs> Lily, I saved you for last here today. Because this podcast rests solely on your shoulders, mm. all right? We tweeted earlier this week um, that we wanted specific questions for you. You're an interesting guy. <laughs> and man, did the people come through in flying colors mm. with questions for you. This is the Ask Lee Anything podcast. Okay. Um, you guys were awesome. You emailed in your questions. You tweeted them in for the Aussie. And if this goes well, heck, we might do it again. Who knows? So keep your cues and your comments coming. No dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at no dunks inc or use that hashtag no dunks. Are you ready, Lily? I think so. I'd know myself fairly well. So I had to do some research <laughs> on myself just to make sure I was up to speed with everything I've done, but I'm feeling pretty good. Okay, well, we got some really fun questions specifically here for Lily. I got the first one here, and it's about a promise you made last week, Lee. The email starts. I was watching last week's drop episode on YouTube, and when I heard Lee Ellis was planning on writing a book about his life and basketball journey, I got so excited that I paused the video to write you this email. Please make this happen, Lily. I am going to buy it for sure. That's Michael in Denmark. So has there been any headway made on this book, basketball journey? memoir, whatever you call <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. we're still working on exactly what it is. Uh, <laughs> it's a sort of collection of a few stories and tales and, uh, you know, sort of intertwined with basketball throughout my life. But yeah, yeah I've, I've started uh, I've started writing it. Yeah. Have, you, have you decided to go with stories and tales? <laughs> <laughs> At this stage, yes. Uh, Mr. Synonyms over here. Uh, I know it's, um, it's, it's, it's not going to be in chronological order, probably. It's going to be a bit like oh, a Tarantino movie. It might sort of jump around a little bit. <laughs> Sort of blend and link in, but the thread is going to be basketball. Is that the idea? Yes, yes. So definitely, it's 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 heavily um, like basketball is the sort of like backbone of the book. Yep. And how you know it took me to various places, and and I had some you know various stories, yep. and then how other things kind of link in to basketball. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so you actually, in all honesty, <laughs> like you've sat down and started writing a chapter, I guess at the at the very least, or, got, or or laying out your chapter. Like, yeah. What are you doing? I've probably got about five or six chapter ideas. Okay. And, uh, How many chapters do you want? Well, we're still working on that. You know, it's a bit like a Kill Bill. I might come back in twenty years and write wow, the remaining. Wow. <laughs> Are the chapters just called Quentin Tarantino <laughs> Kill Bill? Okay, uh, so you got five or six. Yeah. Now, did you? Well, five or six ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Do, what do you What do you feel comfortable sharing with us? The ideas you have, or actually one you've maybe started. Like really flushing out, like it's up to you. Yeah, really. well, I've got, um, I've actually got one chapter that, uh, that I'm prepared to read. I, I feel like George McFly in Back to the Future. You know how he's writing a book, but he doesn't want to share it with anybody. He's super nervous about it. Uh, I mean, if this was happened in a Tarantino movie, maybe I would know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, you're, you're, you're gonna read us an entire chapter? Yeah, it's right not now? long. It's not long. Oh, okay, it's, it's, it's not yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first chapter, and I thought, you know what? Why not start there? I, I have a few other ones, but I thought. I'll start with this one. I mean, All right. Good, good, Look. good. This will this will make it happen. Yeah. You will, you will I mean, that's the other speak thing. Speak it into existence. That's the other thing. I, I want to actually, like, I've, I've read it to my wife. Right. But I want to sort of, I'm really nervous, but I'm also like, I want to read it to you guys. But then I realize I'm actually telling it to, you know, thousands of people right now. So uh, Yeah, but this podcast. Maybe turning millions. In, this podcast turning into an audio book yeah. from our very own eyes. All right. So, All right. Okay, here we go. Chapter Chapter whatever. one. Chapter, chapter one. one. Okay, chapter one. <laughs> Starting out is the title. <laughs> oh, I love this already. Okay. The game was essentially over. I knew that for two reasons. Firstly, there was only a minute or so left on the clock, and secondly, and the most obvious reason, I was on the court. That was a sure sign that the result was as good as decided. As a 12-year-old on my high school basketball team, I only saw action when the outcome was a formality. In this case, we were about to lose our only game for the year, but that also meant we wouldn't win the state championship. It sucked to be so close and come up short, but we were pretty lucky to be in that position in the first place. Our offense, in fact our entire game plan, relied on one player. He was so much better than everyone else on our team and any opponent that we had faced. He had carried us so far, almost all the way, but it wasn't going to be enough. 
For me, I was just happy to be seeing some court time, and now that I was on, I was desperate to shoot. I had been a deep rotation player all season long, and I wanted to win, but I really, really wanted to get the ball in my hands and take a shot too. (laughs) There's only so much cheerleading you can do on the bench before you want to be the guy your teammates are cheering on. And my teammates... Well, some didn't even want me on the team, let alone on the court. But with the game virtually over, there I was, a skinny, nervous kid hoping not to mess up. And somehow, the ball came to me on an inbounds pass. Knowing it wouldn't come back if I passed it, I turned, (laughs) took a dribble, and found myself at the three-point line on the left wing. And I let it fly. I could feel the looks of disdain from my teammates as the ball left my fingers. It felt like it was in the air forever, but it also felt good. It looked good. Bang! The ball hit the back of the rim and dropped in. What a feeling. But I didn't know what to do next. Celebrate? It was a garbage time basket. Act cool? I'd never hit one before in my life. So I don't remember exactly what I did, but I do remember seeing one of our coaches get up off the bench, look at me, and pump his fist. It felt great. He had been my lone supporter on the team, so he probably felt some vindication for putting me on the court. We went on to lose the game and I had mixed emotions. Our only defeat was costly, but I'd hit the biggest shot of my life. Afterwards, our coaches said how proud of us they were. Everyone was disappointed, but we still had a great run. It was so cool to be part of a team that even had a shot. I came home and told mum and dad what happened. Then I told them the second part of the story. I could tell they understood. But that day had a greater meaning to me that I wouldn't realise until later, and it became my personal philosophy. When life throws you a basketball, shoot it. Hey, Charles Dickens, (laughs) eat your f***. Hard out. <laughs> Damn. Who didn't want you on the team? Like? Oh, a couple of the couple of the teammates. I mean, I was uh, there. Were, there were some good players on this team. We had one like so. Yeah, you had a standout. Yeah, one that player, Michael Jordan. <laughs> now there. Now, see, I'm just helping you edit here. Let's throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, but no, yeah. But yeah, twelve year old rivals. I yeah, mean, well, I just. I mean, there were. Um, you know, I was like tenth or eleventh on the roster, and yeah. there was just no minutes for me. We yeah. like we. You know, at that age, you have three or four good players, and then you know some guys on the bench and i was a guy on the bench mm-hmm. and um i remember one of them one of my teammates his mum, who came along she drove like some of the guys down there she was like what's he even doing here on the team oh wow yeah Jeez, <laughs> i didn't up. realize until a year or so later when it became a bit of a joke but you know Damn. Right. yeah well, you just keep driving the van mom. <laughs> was but, this uh, uh your first three-point attempt yes yes Wow, because this, is, this is honestly more formative than the 87 All-Star. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, sure. hey, that was really well written, too. I don't need to give it up to you. I, the I, was, thing was, I, I was a little shocked by how great that was. The, uh, I'm interested. Take my $20. <laughs> the three-pointer, like, they didn't count for us at under 12s. Oh, yeah, right, right. Because they didn't want kids shooting them. Yeah. So I just never did before that. And so... Oh, got you, got you. But, yeah, I got one, and I was like, all right, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Let it fly. <laughs> Let it fly. So what other chapters do you have in, in mind here? Okay, well, so then I'm, that, I'm that trying to... I'm, I'm going from there to the 87 All-Star Game and how, <laughs> and how uh, impactful that was on my life. And then how um, after that, then the NBA came to Australian TV. Yep. And then I started writing to teams. And, uh, you know, the Lakers yeah, wrote back. Yeah, you got to talk yeah. about the whole newspaper thing through, yeah. through the whole, your your dad's, I guess, what was it, friend? Yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Bringing you the papers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it sort of goes through that. And then, and then like, from the sort of early 90s, it sort of, there's a bit of a lull because I don't really have um, basketball stories, you know? You sort of grow up. And I still follow the league, but I didn't have that. So then it sort of comes more to, like, when I left home and started traveling and going to the garden and getting ejected from oh yeah yeah, know, yeah sure going to my very first uh nba game and seeing vince card hit a game winner i was like i'm back baby i'm back because <laughs> when i left facts to yourself well when i left I, I i became a soccer fan and i sort of left yeah basketball right and then I, I heard all about vince and i was like okay let's see what this guy's all about first game game winner oh my god i like this guy yeah and then uh and then just the journey from there of you know like um Going back to Toronto, of course, yeah. meeting Roxana, and, and that changed everything. Uh, and then, sort of, you know, from there, obviously NBA TV, the starters. You know, there's a few stories uh, mixed in from there. So, I'm not sure how long it's going to be. I'm not sure oh, exactly no. how many chapters, but uh, you know, we'll see what we can do. Great. On this uh, youth team here, are were any of your friends that we know about on this youth team? Uh, like you- was Old Eight? Toes, no, uh, no, no, man? no. He was two years younger than us, so <laughs> ah, he, okay. he wasn't. Uh, I mean, you've heard of Tomo. Oh uh, yeah, Tomo. Tomo. Tomo was on that team. Um, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think there's anyone else. I mean, Here, here's here's yeah. a question. Yeah. 
we could get all those guys that were on that team when you were 12 years old or whatever, do you think you'd be the best basketball player now? <laughs> uh, apart from the star, apart from that one oh, yeah. star guy. He probably, still got it. Yeah. Well, he played like in the Australian League. Okay. Oh, and okay. He, I think He's he was legit. even captain of the under-23 Australian team. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was he was incredible shooter. He played um, against... Uh, in 1995, there was like a like a world basketball tournament like yeah. the the rockets were there and um real madrid or someone and the australian champions who he was on at the time played and he went against those guys wow yeah he, he was just an incredible shooter and he was like at 12 years old he was like six foot three or something uh, as well so our offense was just like throw the ball to him <laughs> and he, just and he was just everything. shoot and score and yeah he, i mean he probably averaged 35 a game <laughs> you know so okay um, so you'd be yeah. second best <laughs> i Probably, yeah. I yeah. mean, I'd kill Tomo uh, yeah. these days. Tomo, <laughs> Tomo sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tomo hasn't played probably for 20 years. He's washed, Tomo. Yeah, he's washed. <laughs> All right, well, maybe you can get a quote. Maybe you can get a quote from the star. Yeah, yeah. The star or the mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was Tomo. It was Tomo's mum, actually. Oh, Mama like, Tomo. Yeah. Yeah. Mama Tomo. Tomo. And how's this? It was Tomo's dad who used to get the newspapers at USA Today. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might get Tomo on for a podcast. <laughs> Tuesdays with Tomo. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, honestly, great start. I'm impressed. Thanks. Uh, and uh, thank you for sharing. That's not easy to do. No, it's not. It's not at all. How it's... long did that take you? I guess is another question. Uh... Like, did you edit that a lot? Are you no, no, honestly? Are you yeah. one of these writers that can? Because I'm not like this. Like I have to like basically edit every sentence as I go along, which you should never really do. Mm-hmm. You should just like bang it all out and then go back. So do you like just let it flow when you're at the uh, your computer? Or, the, yeah. or I like to imagine you more on a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, I find once you get going, it's hard to stop. Like like a couple of nights I've been going until oh, like after great. midnight because there's no distraction the kids are in oh, bed it's just flowing out it, of it, you. it does it just okay, comes good. out and, you, and and I just let it all fly and then the next day or so then I go back and I go okay then I start editing and changing yeah okay and good yeah that's I just think, want to get it all think how down you should do it when yeah. life gives you an idea write it <laughs> exactly that is true all right we are off to a great start here in the ask Lee anything <laughs> uh, next one from at Hall Joshua. Wants to know what's Lee's favorite Australian musician or band that never really caught caught on in the U.S. Yeah, this is a good one. I think this is uh, Powderfinger. I don't know if um okay yeah you guys I, in I Canada that. probably heard about. Yes. I don't know if Trey would have heard about. I don't think they. I think made... I remember this band. Yeah, well, so they were like an indie band yep. in the nineties, and they were quite big in, uh, in in certainly in Melbourne and in Australia. Um, but their their album in 2001, Odyssey Number no. 5, was the one that really... It was like the In Excess Kick album. Like, okay. it was their huge one. This was their... This was their... The biggest song from that album. How can I do this to you right now? Oh, yeah. You're over there when I need you here. My Yeah, so you know that song. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and when did you say they blew up in Australia? Because I was yeah. there around 2000. Well, that, so yeah, their, their album I think came out in 2001, Odyssey yeah. Number Five. This album, um, but prior to that, they'd had a couple like Double Allergic in '96 was a sort of a big one, but I don't think that made it outside of Australia. Yeah. And okay. I'm pretty sure they were big in in Europe and Britain as well, because I've seen them. I saw them in Madrid and London. Yeah. But I I saw them in Toronto at the Phoenix, and it was just an all Aussie crowd. Ah. Uh, yeah. But but it was great. But then I saw the lead singer Bernard Fanning. He came back. And played in Toronto at the Riverley, and I went and saw him there oh. too. It was great. But uh, I thought they were a really good band, and um, I, they're pretty much separated now. I Are mean, they? yeah, I think they, you know, occasionally get back together. But uh, yeah, so, so Trey, yeah, did the, I guess they maybe weren't that big here in the states. Yeah, I'm sure I feel like I have them, heard but, of yeah. this band, and like looking through the Wikipedia right now, it seems that they were closely associated with Silverchair. Yeah, and Silverchair was massive, like right. sixth and seventh grade for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe they were just sort of around, but pff, I've never heard that song we've just heard. I don't remember really? that at all. JD mm-hmm. Powderfinger fan. Yeah, I'm yeah, not a fan, but uh, <laughs> only because I, yeah. you know, wasn't just I kind of washed over me. But yeah. I've definitely heard of that song. Yeah, I've heard of yeah. them. Yeah, they had a couple other good songs off that album, but that was definitely the biggest one that I think, uh, you know, put them on the map somewhat overseas. Good live show? Oh, really good live show, yeah. Okay. Both both with the band and Bernard Fanning live by himself. He was incredible. Okay. Incredible what's, what's stuff. What's his name? Bernard. Bernard. Bernard in Australia. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Bernard, Bernard Fanning. Yeah. 
Um, must be weird watching Westworld. He was for on. You. Uh, I saw him on Much Music one day. Interviewed with uh, what's that guy? Um, George Trapalopoulos. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 that was great. He was awesome. So George um, was great. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> what does George do these days? Because he was on Hockey Night, wasn't he? Uh, he's he's a got lot. a podcast, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he hosted a show for a long time on CBC. Yeah. Does he still work for the CBC? Couldn't tell you. Oh, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big who cares for a lot of listeners right now. Yeah, but he was, you're right. He was on Hockey Night in Canada yeah. for, for a couple of who, years. How, a year. Our listeners, do more people know George Trombolopoulos or Bernard Fan? <laughs> uh, we have a lot of Australian <laughs> listeners. <laughs> well, we do have a lot of Canadian listeners. I don't know. That's a toss-up. We need a poll. Yeah, yeah. We need a poll for that Fanning one. Fanning the Bernard. <laughs> All right. Do we have more Australian fans or Canadian fans? That's the question, basically. Yeah. I guess, yeah. All right, next question here. Lee, if you could build your dream concert as if you would attend it tomorrow. Mm. Example, the Rolling Stones are old in this hypothetical. Mm. Wow. The writer here setting his own parameters. Let's see if Lee sticks to uh, who, who would be your opener, supporting act, and headliner? That's from Jamal Winsley. Mm. So opener, supporting act, and headliner. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. 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 This this was a tough question because okay. uh I really wanted to uh you know, I had to think deep about all the <laughs> all the gigs I've seen and who I wanna see if I only had sort of one chance to do it. Okay. Um, so let's do it in order. Okay. Who's your opener? Okay, well well, so I am gonna bend the rules a little. Only, <laughs> but but not really, not okay. really. Because um I saw Billy Joel and Elton perform together. Okay. So they're going to open together as as the uh, okay. Okay. as the opener. But yeah, at, in current state, yes, yeah. in current form of perfect, Billy Joel perfect. And they're, they're, they're great. I've seen them both in the last twelve months, so you know they're still great, still rocking away. Wow, uh, what an opener! Power opener. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this must be a monster concert. Yes. If Elton John is opening, supporting act. He would never open. He would slap in the face. He would never do a concert with somebody, right? Like he would never be like, "Oh yeah, I'll be on a double bill with this guy as an opener." Yeah. Well, look, I can't wait. Bringing Jesus back for the headliners. The Beatles are. Coming. He said, uh, "You know, he said that he's retiring at the end of this year. This this retirement tour has been going for five years yeah, straight. Yeah. So you've talked um, about this yeah, before. Yeah. You're fired up about that. Yeah, um, I, I have to go with Gaga." As the uh, as the supporting act, okay. I have to. I've seen it. I've only seen it twice. Once in Toronto, once here in Atlanta. But both times, she puts on a banger of a show, okay. and she's great. And I love her. And um, <laughs> uh, you know, I just would love to see her again. She uh, she really puts so much effort in to her to yeah. her shows. You know, and um, respect. I respect it. And uh, <laughs> the headliner, well. I'm imagining this, you know, if I can see I'm imagining this. all the people. <laughs> if I could attend it tomorrow, then I've got to go back to Nebworth and I've got to see Robbie perform again in front of 125,000. Wow. Oh I know, God. I know, I know, I know. It's probably... I almost think you should have flipped it around. No, I think yeah. Robbie should have been your opener. but Like uh... that was still the best gig I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had to sort of, I have to say, if I could watch that again, I would because uh, we talked about in Vegas he's going to be out there in Vegas yeah and I hope to take all of us along there to see him but uh, in some <laughs> what ways what do you mean I'm, when we're there maybe for summer league yeah yeah if yeah. Some three straight ahead. shows right yeah. three shows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not going to be able to do a live show in Vegas sorry guys we're going to see Robbie oh, every okay. night yeah. uh, maybe we can open for him <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got Elton John sorry man we are way down on the list yeah I mean we'll have like it. 20 days earlier We'll have a crowd of smaller than twenty-five people, so we can have a show. We're fine. Yeah, so I just I just had to go with that performance from Robbie. I mean, it was just such a perfect day, a perfect night, and his performance was perfect. But what What's that but, performance like from Robbie Williams? Is yeah. he playing guitar at all? Is he playing piano at all? Or is he just singing? No, not really. Yeah, he's just singing. Uh, I don't think he played the guitar at all. Um, it was just it was the, like that show that weekend he performed. It was just such a combination. It was like a, a nine-hour uh, show, and he had so many build-up acts, and then he comes. Had dangling down oh, upside down that, onto the screen, oh, yeah, wow. uh, nine to the stage. Down, nine yeah. hours. Yeah, it started at like uh, it started at uh, noon or something with the darkness, <laughs> and then uh, Robbie didn't come on until about nine o'clock or uh, around that time. Anyway, it was just just uh, such. But an when was show. this? This was two thousand three. Yeah. So do you think? I mean, again, yeah. in, with Jamal's question, do you think Robbie still has it, man? <sighs> to be honest, I mean, I've never. He hasn't really been able to back that performance up yeah. anyway like his music Ooh. since then hasn't been great i'll be honest <laughs> yeah but, but hold on he came on at nine he, you didn't see him for yeah because, eight hours yeah no because it was just oh. it was moby there was ash it was a festival yeah there was yeah. um <laughs> kelly osborne i mean how wow. she how she made it you know 
uh, and who else? Yeah, the darkness. I said them. They, that was the, huge for the darkness. That that blew them up because yeah, um, they opened that day. People and were like, hey, people man. loved it. Yeah, I saw a darkness show once. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, they were so good. Yeah, and they crashed and burned like a year later. Yeah, they, they just couldn't handle it. Uh, but okay. Ro- Robbie okay. just came out, and I mean, just like like we talk about. Um, Freddie Mercury's performance at Live Aid, yeah. how, how the crowd was just into it. Robbie was, was that was as close to a, a Freddie performance as he had that crowd eating oh, out of the yeah. palm of his and, hand, and, and no, nobody left. Nobody left. <laughs> it took us hours to left, leave that night. Nobody. Everyone had heat stroke. Did you know nobody left? Everyone had heat stroke. Everyone was exhausted, but Robbie just re-energized the crowd, and we, we all stuck it out. It was great. All right. Yeah. Okay, hell of a hell of a Lee Ellis festival there. <laughs> Billy Joel with Elton John as the yep. opener, Lady Gaga supporting act, and then Robbie Williams as your headliner. It's like a Count the Digging show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Uh, this is an email. Hi, my husband has been a listener since 2008, and I've joined him in listening when I can. He mentioned you were doing an Ask Lee Anything show this week, and I knew I couldn't pass up this opportunity. Since we're quarantined here in the Seattle suburbs and my local studio is closed, I've been doing bar three online workouts at home. I've been trying to convince my husband to join me, but he only said he would consider it if Lee taught a bar three class. So my question is this, Lee, will you teach (laughs) a class online? Thanks. That is from Katie. What do you think? Well, Katie, uh, I would absolutely do that if I felt I was qualified to do it. And by that, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Those instructors go through a pretty tough training, and mm-hmm. then they have to get certified to be able to teach a class. And I'm just nowhere near at that level. Okay. Um, their their class is you know an hour long, and they've got to keep on mixing up. You know, you, you start off with a sort of intense workout, and then you have some cardio, then you do some uh, you know ab work or whatever. And they always you know like it, it's a challenge for them to make sure that they get every part of your body or or um, depending on what type of workout you want if you want like a high cardio one if they do more of that yeah. or more weights or more balancing or whatever so if I if I felt I could do it I would but right. I just don't think I can yet I mean I'd have if I went through training maybe yeah yeah um, but it's just it, it and, and the other thing is I but that's find, a, it's a bit of a slap in the face to certify that's, three instructors that, that's what I'm if saying you were to fire up yeah, your own yeah. yeah but also I find you know, and, and Skeet, maybe you do this. I don't, you run a lot by yourself. But have you ever run with someone and had a conversation, like when you go running? Yeah. Like, I find it so hard to actually talk during a workout because I just don't have enough well, oxygen. Yeah. You're, you know? you're, generally not, you're generally not working <laughs> yeah. hard enough if you're having a full-blown yeah. conversation, especially yeah. when you're running. But yeah, yeah jogging, no problem. And so you guys remember when we did the class, like like Erica's up there talking and cur- encouraging us the whole time. Like, it, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. you got to be super fit. Oh, yeah. So, but I remember I'm, when we did the pick and payoff on the starter show when I was running on the treadmill. And that's yeah. when we were doing the hour show. I really hadn't thought about it in advance. Like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to talk to you guys during the show. <laughs> but I am running on a treadmill at a decent clip. And I was like, you're right. It's like, it's yeah. like I can barely talk. That's, so it's not easy, but. I, I'm gra- gra- glad to hear that uh, Katie is doing some bar three online classes. Because yeah, I think nice. they're great. And uh, and I've done a few. A couple of my favorite instructors. I'll give them a quick shout out. <laughs> Katie F., Krista Joy, Jordan, and Meredith. All of them are great, but those are my four that I, that they're my go-tos. That's the Mount Rushmore for it you is, of it is, bar three. Yeah. That's my, like really my... should be three up there, not four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I, let, let's be honest here. Like, I don't know her husband's name, but come on, just do it. Yeah. Well, you don't need Lee Ellis to teach you to do it. <laughs> Jesus. Right. It's but, a hell of a workout. You've talked about it for like three years running now. Like, it, it, we've talked, but we've done it. It's yeah. difficult, man. Give it a go. And the good thing about those online workouts is every single one of them is different. Mm. And, and it's fun. So so keep doing them. It's a great workout. You can do it inside. You can do it outside. Do it on the balcony. You can do it for you know, husbands, wives, kids. Everyone can do it. Sure. You've been getting some workouts in on the balcony? <laughs> Not yet, no. <laughs> but you could. You, you could. could. In theory, you could do <laughs> well, it. Of yeah. course you yeah. could. <laughs> All right, next question here. How many countries have you visited and what countries have you not yet visited but would like to? That's from Report Count on Twitter. Yeah, well... Uh, David Grisham, your buddy Grish has visited more. We had a bit of a talk at the All Star Weekend. That's right. Uh, Ooh, I think he's up to sixty four. I think he is said. That what he is? I think he said. I bought him one of those maps. I think I shared it on yeah. the show. That one of those scratch off maps yeah. that you can, uh, if you've been to the country, you scratch it off. Sort of cool. At the time, I told him I've been to sixty five just to sort of get one oh, over. Oh, <laughs> then he went forehead to forehead. You were wrestling in a hotel room before the end of the night. Yeah, I've been to twenty five to thirty around that mark. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, when I when I sort of think about all the ones I've been to, like places like Barbados, the Bahamas, been there. They, they count, I suppose, as countries, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, not just the areas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you think around I'm the areas. Uh, uh, Twenty-five to thirty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the the second part of yeah. the question is the really interesting part. Yeah, right? I really haven't been much to Asia or Africa, okay. and I would love to go. Probably if I could choose, I'd go to Africa first. You know, Kenya, Tanzania, Botswana, South Africa. You know, in Kenya, I think it is they have that uh, giraffe hotel. I'm dying to go there. Oh you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're just like peering in through your window. Yeah. yeah. And they watching you do yeah. your bar three class. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they really poke their necks in there while people are having breakfast and that no people are just sitting there like oh yeah it's fine you know i'm gonna check it out would you share a banana with a giraffe oh yes i would love to oh i'd love God. to be just stroking his forehead while he's chewing on a banana you know? oh imagine going forehead to forehead with a giraffe <laughs> <laughs> only at the hotel um okay but well, where uh, is that located again Do you i think it's in nairobi i think it's in kenya okay. i believe yeah ellen went there uh, a couple of years ago she, she beat me to it but, um, but, but, but is that a fitness instructor or is that a bar <laughs> instructor oh Alan but it's legit and um, you know because a few people have sent it to me and I thought it was probably not real but yeah it, it almost looks photoshopped yeah. you're right yeah. like this can't be real yeah. but yeah yeah just, I mean so they, they built that you know hotel and they're like let's make it so that the giraffes feel welcome beautiful <laughs> <laughs> beautiful stuff but there's no country you know that I wouldn't go to. I mean, I'm not dying to go to South uh, North Korea or Sierra Leone or anywhere like that. But okay. but uh, I mean, I would still... still would go there. They do do tours these days in North Korea. <laughs> if we just happen to be in a car and suddenly we're in North Korea, like I'm not gonna be upset. Uh, I'm I dying mean, to go there. You know, but hey, okay, we're here. Cool. Like like before I before I ever really traveled, I was scared to go to New York City. I was like New York City, you know, because I used to watch like um, NYPD Blue and stuff. And like, <laughs> you know. I gotta watch Some old out. Fat guy running around naked all the time. <laughs> but but once you once you do your own research and you visit these countries, you realise you know like like it, it's fine. I mean like the country that I went to that's probably um, has the worst reputation. Yeah. was Syria. I went to Syria okay. in two thousand five. Because uh, I spoke to some people who've been there, and I, you know, I went on the old lemon tree. I don't know if you ever went on that, the um, Lonely Planet, like uh, sort of yeah. chat room yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Oh wow! What was no, it? it wasn't man. a chat room, sort of, but you know, where people it was like a blog almost, yeah. and people just updated. And uh, so many people said Syria is great, go there. Yeah. And, and so I, I read and I did some research, and I went, and it was incredible. It was nice. It was yeah. such a fun experience to go there. Um, but I went in August when it was stinking hot and it was a little du- little tough to get a beer out there. But uh, that's my only criticism. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, friendly people and people would come up to you and say like, "What, what are you doing here?" You know, and I'm like, "I'm just here checking out." Because they, they were like, I was just trying to get a beer. I was just yeah. on some chat forum. <laughs> I'd swing by. But a, a lot of the locals were like, you know, people just think we're just like a, a country in turmoil, yeah. and you know, there's there's like gun-toting militiamen everywhere. It was not like that. All very friendly place. So, um, well, let me ask you. Uh, yeah. You may not want to answer this because you're such a friendly, nice guy. But uh, what's what's your least favorite country you've ever been to? And maybe it's just because of one particular well, experience. I'll, I'll say the country. <laughs> this will get me troubled. Who cares? Uh, the the city that I that I thought was overrated the most was, okay. was Dublin. I'll say that. I'm oh, sorry. Oh wow. Okay. Not Irish people. Just Dublin the self. It's city. I just didn't think was was all that special. Right. Myself. You wouldn't have had a problem getting a beer there, though. No, certainly not. No, no. <laughs> Maybe me, didn't me, have enough. Me and Trigger went out there for a few days. It was fine. It was fun. It was just people were saying, oh, Dublin's the greatest city in the world. I'm like, it's fine. Yeah, you know. You're great right. people. I'll say the, great the people. people. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Great people. But but the city itself didn't, you know, nothing really sort of grabbed me about it. But I would go back. Oh. You, you would? If somebody <laughs> yeah, paid for back. your flight? Of course. <laughs> Okay. All right, next one here. Uh, this one from at Emmy Atinas uh, through Twitter. If the coronavirus is about to end you, mm. end you uh, in sort of quotations, and you have time only to catch one NBA game before passing, which one would you watch and why? Is it the Confidence Baby Confidence All-Star Game or is there some other historic game? Okay, you can only watch one more game. That's yeah. all the time you got left here. What do you pick? Yeah, I mean the '87 All Star Game is obviously one that I would I would love to have been at, but I, I think I'd probably go to Jordan's last Bulls game in Utah. I think. Okay. I mean, I think that just the way that that game played out and how ended his career on the shot, they win the you know second three Pete. It would have been incredible to be in the arena for that. That or the Cavs comeback, which Trey was at. You yeah, know, in, true. Uh, That's right. in true. Oakland. I mean, those, those two, I think, if you had to pick yep. outside of the 87 All-Star game, would have just been incredible. Because So those are to be at in attendance. Yes. Uh, maybe more than just watch on TV or something like that. But that's fine. Okay. Yeah. I, like I mean, that I sort of figured it that, you know, it was like, you that's to what go he back meant. in time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when you when you see Jordan like that steal and then he goes down and hits the shot and then... Uh, 
and then Stockton misses the next shot. Like that, what what an incredible moment that was in uh, in in the NBA history. Like Jordan to finish with that shot, wild. Yeah, crazy that he never played another game after. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've seen you've been tweeting some clips of uh, a lot of Manu Ginobili. Have you been watching old games? Uh, no, I've been on YouTube a little bit though, sure. just to, you know some highlights and stuff. I mean, Manu, there's a, there's a lot of like Manu mixes out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I loved him and appreciated when he played, but now that he's just not here, you go back and there's so many things we just mm-hmm. missed about yeah. just how clever he was. Uh, yeah, he he was. I love Manu. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one here. It's uh, in reference to something we used to do not too long ago. How on earth did you convince the others to let you do Tweet of the Week shoutouts on the drop? <laughs> yeah, so for those who don't know, we'd have a Tweet of the Week, and then everybody who sent in something would get their handle shouted out by Lee Ellis. <laughs> did you do it purely to troll Matteo? That's from Friendly AU. Mm-hmm. Matteo used to hate it <laughs> yeah he sort of did but he didn't i think yeah, I, he I, loved uh, it didn't he I, I, no, he, he was, loved it i think it into the bit. i think he liked the idea of it because uh you know when tweet of the week started i used to try to find a tweet and then i just got a lot of suggestions from people and so i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to acknowledge them and recognize them because this show is all about our listeners yeah and that's all it was it was and then it just grew it did get out of hand no question oh, yeah. i mean i mean so what happened to it this year yeah well it's different we got a different well, we went format. tweet of the day now yeah, yeah really yeah, night yeah. i guess uh, and we give a, do we give any? No one really gets a shout out, I suppose, yeah, do they? Really. No, no. No props. But uh, it's uh, it's it's one of those things that, like, honestly, I feel it's it's about just respecting our fans and our contributors because people, so many people have a contribution to this show. Like today's, for example, all these questions come from from listeners. These I, are all real questions, yeah, no doubt. And I and I wish we could answer more of the questions we got because we now get so many. We do. I mean, we could do like five chapters. I mean, it'd be like your book uh, of Ask Lee Anything here. We got so many questions, just for you even. Even when we do like a a Stepping on the Beach every week, I mean, you know, when we filter through them, Tass usually has, you know, 25 to 30, I guess, that we start off with. And that's him already doing preliminary screening. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's lots. And and, we do appreciate it. For listeners, we we do see them all, we read them all, but we just can't get to them all. And I wish we could, but uh, we just can't. The problem with, uh, you know, I was always getting angry with Tweet of the Week shoutouts because I was starting to get convinced that people were not really contributing a tweet for you to maybe consider for Tweet of the Week. They were just coming up with a funny handle to have you say that, which was also hilarious. Yeah. But it was like, you weren't even doing the Tweet of the Week army. Let's let's remember that. It was uh, DJ Pribble Scribble, right? He I outsourced would, it. That's true. Yeah, you outsourced it. I do miss uh, doing the old Captain uh, Wobbly O'Balls. Yeah. Um, you know, chant together or cheer together. It was great to meet him in Chicago. It was. It yes. Was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. But, you know, it, it's one of those things that sort of just... It got a little bit crazy there, but uh, <laughs> you know that's that's the way it goes sometimes. It, I bet it will make like a, at some point in the future it'll make like just this return, like a one-off special or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. or just just the classics, you know, the real uh, deal. Yeah. I, I, I have missed saying Big Crogger <laughs> yeah. yeah. this, this season. For I sure. think Big Crogger was probably the one that everyone enjoyed the most. Oh, saying, oh I think. yeah, it's fun to say. There's some good names. There's some great great Twitter handles out there. What was Big Crogger real name? Craig, I think Craig, Craig Carlinudi, I, I believe he's Australian. <laughs> I'm putting his name out. I, I believe so. Yeah, because he. Uh, uh, that was a shocker to me. Yeah, he uh, he had a he had a, a little a little Kroger dogger yeah, not too long yeah. ago. Yeah, <laughs> a little pup. Hope everybody's doing all right. Okay, next one here. Hello, Mr. Ellis. Me and my friends often come up with fake business ideas. Oh, it sounds like sort of Shark Tank or something. Hmm. We've been talking a lot about a restaurant called the Final Lap. You would get to ride a horse and then eat it afterwards. <laughs> All right, is this a real question? I mean, it's part of the stable to table restaurant group. Would you ever eat at a place like this? Warm regards. That's from Corey. <laughs> Warm regards. This is a legit email we got. Corey wants Just to know. Just killed a horse. Yeah. Warm regards. I mean, wow. He should have saved this type of question for uh, Ask Skeets anything. You know, I had a lot of opinions on eating horse. Um, but what about you? Yeah, would I eat a horse? Well, after um, you rode it, especially. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's. Uh, it, I've never eaten horse that I know of before. Mm. Um, it's possible that at some point, you know, some, you know, I think in England at one point they had like a, a, a crisis where horse meat was being used in McDonald's hamburgers and stuff like really? that. Really? Yeah, like yeah, something like that. I remember. Um, McHorsey? No, no, no. I mean, they <laughs> oh. they just I don't know. They got it confused, I guess, with the cow and blended it all in. 
Um, <laughs> so I, it's, possi- it's possible that I have eaten horse at some point. <laughs> I can't remember exactly, but it was like, no, you know, not <laughs> but, He's um, right. He's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, and you were serving him. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I wasn't wow. serving him at that point. You were part of the problem. <laughs> but, you know, there's are those restaurants where you, you see the lobster and you say, I want that one, and they cook it up for you and that. But it's a little different if you're like, you know, saddle up and ride around. And, <laughs> and it's all right. We're just going to go and slaughter this horse here because, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a, you, you need to have a big old table, I guess, wouldn't you? Like a lot of people there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're you're, you're assuming like, they serve it like a suckling pig. They bring the whole yeah. thing out there. Yeah, uh, and then, then they just sort of carve yeah, it Yeah, you need a big table. <laughs> oh, God. And I, get, I mean, what type of horse are we talking here? Like a pony or a big, like, uh, Clydesdale? I don't, I don't think that would be too appetizing to see the big hairy legs come out there, you know? <laughs> Sounds like you're not really into this nah, idea Nah, no, nah. I mean, I appreciate the, uh, you know, the idea there, Corey. But no, I don't, I don't think I would be... Um, Keen to try a horse. So you say, if this was Shark Tank, what, what would you say? I would say you're uh, you're you're dead to me. Get out of here. <laughs> that's what that's what uh, that's what Kevin, no, that's what Kevin O'Leary says when. Uh, that's when what he says to people yeah, sometimes. Yeah. You're well, dead to me. So most of the time he says it when he makes them an offer and they turn him down, oh. and, and then he gets really pissed off at them. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, no. a, you're as dead as the horse you're trying to sell me. Get yeah. out of here. I've, <laughs> eaten, <laughs> I've eaten camel. I think that's uh, that's the craziest thing I've have ever you ever eaten. rode on a camel yes yeah yeah then that's the one you ate <laughs> no 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 <laughs> camel, yeah yeah no i don't uh don't think i've ever eaten anything else sort of super weird what did you think of the camel riding experience um i mean fine, i'm sure you did yeah. it in a pretty artificial setting where i did it, like... it actually in jordan of all places okay yeah uh walked around in the desert on the back of a camel right yeah like with a part of a group or something yeah there was not many of us only a few of us like you didn't rent it like a an e-scooter or something like that no no actually i've done it in australia too i've ridden a camel out there oh yeah this guy yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, it's it's quite fun to get on and off it though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's the funnest part. Yeah, yeah. once you're actually on, it's you sort. Of, I don't uh, know. You think it's boring? Yeah, you think. Oh, well, I thought it'd be something more than yeah. this. Yeah, you're high. Yeah. you're up high, but yeah. it's boring. Yeah, because their legs collapse right down. It's like you know, like when Shaq pulled that backboard down and it just. Oh, collapsed. it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and like the angle you are on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting oh, that's especially right. yeah. on and off the thing, you yeah. really got to hold on. Yeah, because it doesn't go front legs up first and then the back ones like that. I think that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Great. All right. Before we get to uh, some more Lee responses, a word from our sponsors. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or a tuxedo for their big day. JD, we know you've worn a tux before. Has anyone else worn a tux? Yeah. 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 Well, you, you many tuxes. You've worn many tuxes. You'd have to wear a tux to a prom. Yeah. You'd have to wear a tux to your wedding. Maybe if you're in somebody's wedding, those are when I've worn tuxes. Okay. I'm not sure I have. I maybe did. Now that you say it, did I did I rent a tux once, like you know, for a high school prom type thing? Maybe, but I can't really. I may have just been a suit. So yeah, exactly. I, I might be a no. Lee, you said you yeah, wore a suit to your same thing wedding? as the prom. No, not my wedding for the prom. We call yeah. it a deb in a debutante ball in Australia. Well, oh, went so two of those. Yeah, mm. quite fancy. Yeah, worn a tux. Very those. fancy. You wore a top hat to that. No, 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 Come no, on. no. No cane. I don't think so. <laughs> Spinning no. that. I actually, I actually didn't enjoy. The, the jacket you know it's a bit long and the a bit, tails yeah of a, a bit heavy i thought did you go full tails i believe so yes. yeah me too i believe too. so wow yeah. fancy guys yeah very yeah. fancy did you have a hat jd uh yeah yeah oh, top hat God. tails it was great gloves no gloves oh we had gloves no yeah gloves. <laughs> you were wearing gloves yeah for your for your wedding day jd no 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 for my prom it was a. Uh, I was wearing it Ironic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. A lot of that. But I did look great. Well, we've got some options here at the Black Tux. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? Mm-hmm. It turns out they are not alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible, unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we got out of there. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit, plan your look, and have the wrong belt and shoes with you. 
From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, don't forget to invite Cousin Barb and order your suit or tuxedo <laughs> at theblacktux.com to enjoy 10% off with code DUNKS. That's theblacktux.com, code DUNKS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. You want to talk about the moment. Lee just pulled up a photo of him going to his, what'd you call it? That was a de- the debutante ball. Yeah, that was the first one. <laughs> this debutante. is an incredible yeah. photo. Uh, the know. white gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. And the a red gloves. bow. So was, fancy. Did you have a red uh, yeah, red, bow tie? red bow tie, yeah. What a look. Yeah. Did you have a date? Yeah, well, yeah, the ladies had to uh, ask the boys. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So. Who'd you go with? Do you remember? Any idea? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, he oh, won't say oh, her name. Oh, the ladies ask the boys. The ladies ask the boys. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry. I guess I'll have to wait for that chapter. That steamy chapter later in the book. Wow. What? What a mystery. <laughs> Which lady asked this boy? To go? I've, got, okay. uh, uh, yeah, I've got them both here. What? You got what? Both, what, are, what, both what? Okay, here's one. How do you have oh, all hang on. these photos? <laughs> all right, we'll get to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to let's some more yeah, questions. Well, let's post our tuxedo pictures. I found an old one, too. Oh, man. A little right. Nehru jacket. Okay. All right. Hi, guys. I hope you're all well and staying safe. My question for Lee. Would you rather never see another second of NBA basketball or never return to Australia ever again? <laughs> Whoa. Love from England. That's Joe Carey. Oh, wow. What a what a final sort of question there. Like to, to be like, you know, one or the other has to go and that's it. That's mm-hmm. a hell of yeah. a would never you going, yeah. Never going back home or never watching basketball. That's yes. got to be tough. It, it, it sort of is, but not really. Um, <laughs> I, I would never want to not be able to go back to Australia again. Yeah. You know, well, lots of friends and family. That's where I was born and raised. I mean, I want to go back there. And, and when I think about the NBA and, and the basketball world, I've seen s- some incredible stuff. You know, YouTube is there forever. So uh, you <laughs> I know, can watch I... Manu Ginobili mixes. Wait, if, but this says you never see another second of NBA yeah. basketball. You're not able to turn on YouTube. Oh, okay. I, did, I sort of thought it was more like future new, yeah. new yeah, 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 no, yeah. no, I'm with Trey. Never can see oh, it again. Wow. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess I have to just still. You know, I want to go back to Australia again at some point. Okay, you know what would have been really interesting? If the other option, instead of watching basketball, you could never play basketball, oh. shoot a basketball again. Oh, wow. That would be a little more difficult. Yeah. I mean, you're probably yeah. still going back. Yeah, I think so. I, oh, wow. I, I, I wouldn't want to be, I just wouldn't want to be not, not be able to go back to Australia again, you know? I mean, it was eight years in between the last two visits, but I hope it's not that long before I go back again. I mean, it's, you know. That's yeah, but your book would then be controversial because you keep telling everyone you want you know yeah. you have basketball in your hands, let it fly, shoot it. But you actually they couldn't do shoot. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. could yeah. be a great final line though. You write the whole book, the last chapters about how you can't ever watch basketball <laughs> or play basketball again, and yeah. the last line just says, "But I do like cricket." <laughs> Chapter there you sequel. Go. Yeah. yeah, sequel coming. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, so you you're picking. Uh, I'm yeah. going to Australia okay. again. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. All right, got a few more here. Um, this one from at Jamie McCallum one on Twitter. What's the highest number of beers you've had in one <laughs> night, and can you describe the night? Well, it, it's hard to remember exactly how many beers you've had on a super boozy night. So I'm, I'm going to go with the booziest night I think I've ever had based on the hangover the next day. Okay. And it was actually two years ago, less than two years ago in Vegas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, really? <laughs> yeah, well, because I think it was uh, Skeets, myself and Matt all flew on the same flight out to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then we, before we went to the hotel, we went to Whole Foods to stock up. And uh, crazy. I, I, I remember, crazy, I remember driving down the strip in the car that was air conditioned and I was still feeling a little bit dehydrated just then okay. it was so hot <laughs> and uh and we came in we you know check into the hotel and basically whoever else was there uh Trey was already there um or you were coming after me I, I came pretty late I think to right. this one I think yeah, JD was, was already there and Tass was was already there too I was already there yeah, yeah. I was already very dehydrated because I was drinking already yeah so yes and we went out and we started drinking like 
beer and then we went out for dinner and had wine and then well, we, you were doing you were doing the thing where you drink whatever drink exactly JD orders. exactly yeah. yeah well so especially when it comes to wine i always like to just let jd just pick a wine oh uh, but wine. you guys were into the cocktails too if i yes. remember correctly yeah. yeah yeah so we started with the cocktails and then and then what happened i guess hey well, then we went to, um, then we had wine with dinner, yeah. and then maybe you left because then myself and we went, we went to the like sports bar area and yeah. we're drinking beer and stuff yeah. there. And yeah, I mean, I just remember feeling so drunk. I think I think I was pitching that we should be refereeing uh, games at the summer league. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. I mean, the thing we is, should be the officials. That first night in Vegas was always a doozy because we would often have a, a, a sort of dinner, and I always found it hard to sleep because you're a bit jet lagged, yeah. you have a big belly full of food at the wrong time, and to add to that, dehydrated and just drinking, yeah. uh, you know, just nonstop. And we woke up, myself, Trey and Skeets, the next morning and watched a World Cup game. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. really early. I think it was England-Sweden, maybe, was it? It was, a, it was it definitely was a, England. Yeah, I it was remember a, who they were It was a big game that yeah. we, I was like, all right, I get up. And I remember feeling Oh, awful, you were rough. Yeah, awful. you were rough. <laughs> and so I thought, that's all right, I'll shake it off, you know, drink yeah. some water and went back to sleep. We went back to bed after the game and slept, woke up and felt worse. And I just couldn't, I, you know, I had a cold shower. I was drinking more water. I was taking Tylenol, but I was just so sick. Tried all the tricks. And we had a like a three o'clock departure, I think, that day. And at around 12, 30, 1 o'clock, I was like, all right, I, I, this, nothing's working. So I Googled like a hydration, uh, portable hydration clinic. <laughs> and I said, how quickly can you get to the, uh, where are we staying at the... Uh, <laughs> We were, Venetian, Venetian, Venetian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, how quickly can you get to the Venetian? And they're like, oh, we can have someone there in half an hour. And I was like, how much is it? They said 175 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, all right, fine, do it, do it. Anyway, so this this lady turns up and she hooks me up to the IV. And uh, I remember as she was like flicking it to get it started, she said, um, she said oh, wow, you're really dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it worked. It worked like a charm. Like the, 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 the hydration is just incredible because it just it avoids your gut. It just goes straight into your bloodstream. So it, uh, it fixes you up. And then when I went to pay, it was $175. What they forgot to tell me or didn't tell me, it's also $100 to come to your hotel. <laughs> gotcha. And, uh, and I gave her a $20 tip on top of it. So it was basically a $300 hangover cure. <laughs> After spending, you know, Vegas prices, uh, you know, on alcohol the night before, like... I probably spent 500 bucks, I think, in the Easily. first 12, 12 hours. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was that was rough. I oh, think that man. was your worst? That's certainly the worst, worst hangover, hangover, I think. You've I've probably had nights where you drank more. Yes, probably. I mean, you know, but, but it's when you mix those drinks, you know, in the heat, yeah. not sleeping, yeah. getting up. I mean, all those factors combined just make... I remember, like, that was the first time I was thinking I was going to have to, like slack everybody and say guys i can't i can't make it today i'm just awful but then i was like one more chance and it was the hydration clinic and 300 bucks later i was fine (laughs) all right next one here what was your best individual game performance what were your stats going back to the ball Corey yander with that question yeah so like obviously this relates to basketball but no one keeps stats from our games, you know. So, I mean, I've scored 30 a couple of times, which is great, but I'm actually going to tell... No one keeps stats, but I do. Well, you know, this, the, there was a score sheet where we used yeah, to play. Yeah, so. you, played, you played in leagues that keep scores. Yeah, 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 but not like... Yeah, so you can only know numbers that you scored in a game. So that, yeah, 30 yeah. points, fine, whatever. You're not getting your assist and rebound number. <laughs> nah. What's, what's your top screen assist for a game? <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably I probably had a couple in the uh, in the Metro Jam last year, you know. I was, I was screening for the boys. Anyway, uh, but I'm going to... I actually thought of this might be a story that you might enjoy. Anyway, uh, me and my mate Louis, you know, we were good mates. You've heard Louis a few times. And, um, you know, as often is the case with close friends, you're also, you know, that's your biggest rival oh, when it comes to sport. Yeah. For sure. You know, you sort of, you cheer for each other, but you also want to beat, you know, your friend as much as of course, you can. Of course. Now, Louis was a, a much better Aussie rules football than me, so that was no challenge. But at cricket and basketball, we were a lot closer. And when we played basketball together, we we're actually a pretty good team. We used to, we used to, you know, our chemistry was pretty good when we were on the same who's, team. Uh, who's Billy and who's Sydney? Uh, I'll be Sydney. You're Sydney. <laughs> I was going to say, this guy took a three with his team losing after being an undefeated season. They're being eliminated. He's telling the greatest story about making his first three-pointer. 
He wants to look good and lose. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you're Sydney. Louis uh, Billy. And anyway, so uh, in in the cricket world, we also so we played a lot of sports together. Just you know, same age and we're friends and all that. And in the cricket world, we were playing on the same team. And now you guys know that if you score a hundred runs, that's a huge thing to do in cricket. That's like you know, you, that's what everyone wants. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And so one day we were playing, and I used to be our leadoff hitter, called the opening batsman. Right? There's there's two of there's always two of you, but I was yeah. I was one of them, and Louis was number three. And so one day we were playing and um, and I, I scored. I was on like 60 and the other guy went out. So Louis came in and we were playing together. Yeah. And we batted and, and combined our partnership was 123, right? And then I went out for 114, Ooh. right? So Louis was still out there on like 60 or something okay. like that. And okay. I was like... I was like, you know, I was obviously pumped. I mean, I was calling dad, I was calling Fred. I scored a hundred, you know. I was just like, so in a like a, it's a men's league, a real game, yeah, okay, real, okay, real okay. proper game. Like everything was was legit. And just seeing the ball well that day, were you? I just saw it perfectly that day. Fourteen fours, six sixes, small ground. Still, damn. I was just like, it was just in the zone. Play the field you're dealt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so Louis was on sixty, and so I was yeah. like, you know, I was like, it's all right. My my score is gonna be is gonna be the biggest score of the day. Anyway, so Louis just starts keeps keeps on batting and he gets up to 80, 85 and I'm like, uh, it's all right, it's all right. Then he makes a hundred, and I'm like, okay, as long as he makes less than one hundred and fourteen, you know, I'll be happy for him still, and I don't have to pretend that I'm not cheering for him because he's on my team. Yes. On a hundred and thirteen, Louis hits the ball up in the air, easy catch for this guy. Oh no, he drops it. The guy. Drops the cat <laughs> on the side. I couldn't help it on the side. I'm like, <laughs> so Louis gets a life. So he keeps batting. And he makes 120. Oh my god! So he comes out. Everyone's like, Yeah, wow, Louis, Louis, Louis the best. <laughs> I was just like, I can't fucking believe you beat my score today. <laughs> Catch the ball. And, and Louis's like, did I hear you like shout when the guy dropped it to him? <laughs> I was like, yes. I I can't believe it, Louis. On on my biggest day on the cricket field, and you go out and beat it when you should have been caught. You should have been out for 113. And uh, yeah, it was just you know, it was, it was just great sort of friendly banter. But then at the end of the season, as a bit of a sort of a token, yeah, someone writes out the scorecard like the box score, so you keep it. And so they wrote out ours. But they made a mistake on his and only wrote the score up to 110, even though they put still 120 in there. <laughs> so I kept saying to him, see, look, the official score, though, ah. you only got 110. But uh, we know it was just a just an error. But, Can you, uh, this is a, just a straight up cricket question. Can you literally just keep batting forever? Can you? Yeah, I mean, so you <laughs> like you're like basically you go to thousand points. Like that. well, I mean, in, in in test cricket, in theory, yes, you can, but but you just wouldn't do it. You get to a certain point where you, if you want to win the game, you have to stop batting to give the other team a chance because you have to defeat them. It's it's like tennis. You can't, you don't just beat them if you have a bigger yeah. score of them at the end of the match. But if I was the second or third test bat- match, that is yeah. batter, why would I ever stop? If you know what I mean, yeah, I mean, well, like the chances are you're going to go out anyway. Okay, but um, you know, teams have batted for like two and a half days, sometimes in, in five day cricket. <laughs> so, but okay, but at that point, it's like, well, if you don't stop and try to get the other team out, it's just going to be a. So technically, the answer is yes, you could keep going. Technically, yes, yeah. you could you could bat for all five days if you if you wanted like, to. What's but... the most someone has ever done? What most? I mean, guys have most batted runs. for like oh, most runs in one By game. One guy. In one test match is Brian Lara, who scored four hundred, oh. not out. Holy, yeah. okay. Against England, so that uh, took a while. One yeah. monster. He hit. He made three seventy five in a game two once. There's okay. been a lot okay. of guys okay. who've made three hundreds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Good to know. Yep. Um, next question: Was there one incident or moment when you moved to America and saw that all the world stereotypes about us Australians were right? This is from obviously an Australian. I would uh, yeah. I'd assume at least at Rito three one six on Twitter. Yeah, there's three things that I still get now. You know, nearly seven years into the U.S., um, you know, we get a lot of really hot days here in Atlanta mm-hmm. in the summer. Sort of endless days of heat, just mm-hmm. the the heat and the humidity. And so, anytime I'm talking to anybody American who I'm maybe not you know that familiar with and weather comes up it's always like oh you're Australian though you're used to it as if every single day in Australia is just stinking hot yeah you're in the middle of the outback (laughs) or something yeah yeah and that you love it as well I I hate the humidity I hate the super hot humidity because it's just so hard to be outside it's so uncomfortable yeah but again people just go ah Australian you know yeah 
So everyone just lives on the beach all day. Right. So that's one. (laughs) That's one. The other thing is surfing. Uh, A lot of people just assume that, you know, I'm a surfer and a good surfer. It's like, ah, you must have been a surfer. I'm like, no, no, I've been surfing once in my life and I sucked at it. I just didn't like it at all. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've been body surfing and boogie boarding, but not the surfing like Kelly Slater type surfing, you know, where you, I don't know, what are you doing in in and out of those half pipe type waves and stuff like that. Is Louie a surfer? Nah. Even Louie can't surf. Nah. No, All right, no. can't do it. Okay. No, nah. and then the other thing is, um, is rugby. When, um, when I talk, when people talk about uh, football in Australia, and I say, well, I'm not a rugby fan, I'm an Aussie rules fan, and they're saying, well, what's the difference? And I'm like, well, you know, they're two completely different games, you know. Um, but people are sort of just assume they're not. Yeah, people jam them together. <laughs> yeah, so they just. I did. I'll, I'll admit, before yeah. I ever went there, I did definitely when I was younger. It's like, I don't know, and I, under- I guess it's the same thing. I, I understand, you know, like like in different parts of America, you know, you've got you know football areas and basketball areas and hockey areas and things like that. But in Australia, it's the same. Like, I don't know a thing about rugby. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you five positions in rugby. You know, I, don't, wow. I just don't follow it at all. Where I grew up, rugby didn't exist at all. So I don't know anything about it. But people just sort of. You know, like I've had people say, "Ah, oh, the Rugby World Cup's on this year." I'm like, "Okay, great." Right, because you weren't even <laughs> like you weren't watching or really gave a damn even about the national rugby team of Australia. I guess, like, that, I guess that's part's a little surprising. Yeah, to me I guess uh, if they did well, you would sort of know that. Yeah. But I wouldn't be like sitting up at three in the morning if they were playing in uh, South Africa right, or somewhere okay. watching like that. So it's just it's just not a sport that um, really existed in Melbourne in, in the 80s and 90s. It came. They have a team now, and that came in like 97, 98. Something like that, but, you know, okay. I don't know anything about it. Those three things. Yeah. All right, a few more here. If Mrs. Delphire had opted for a leapie, <laughs> you know, reversing yourself on the toilet, <laughs> peeing towards the basin, as opposed to getting busted by his eldest daughter for peeing the old-fashioned way, standing up, could the charade have continued? <laughs> that's from Kyle B. Interesting. Yeah, it's a very interesting question because you assume if he, you know, she had to pull down her you know undergarments mm-hmm. maybe the hairy legs would have been exposed mm. maybe right, right, so right. that would have probably caused similar confusion to seeing you know the old lady standing up and uh, using the hose you know so. <laughs> <laughs> right it would have still been an issue yeah 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 but at least if you are wearing a long gown and you're in leapy position maybe you're blocking the legs right. from being seen yeah yeah, could yeah. be. Yeah, and you're, uh, women are allowed to have hairy legs as well. Also true. <laughs> also true. Uh, I like this question though because it's uh, it's like a new genre of would this movie be different if cell phones were around? Mm. I like the idea of going through every movie and huh. saying would this movie changed if that character sat backwards on a toilet instead? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else is coming up. Uh, Dumb and Dumber maybe. Would it be different if he leapied? When he's having explosive diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's coming in for sure. And I don't remember the name of the email, so I'm not I'm not giving anything away. And and heck, he emailed this in anyways. But somebody emailed in his wife or girlfriend doing the leapy, performing the leapy on the toilet. A video. Yeah. A video. She was in a robe and she said that was uh, her preferred way of operating the leapy. So we got like a uh, Sort of behind the scene, like a behind (laughs) point of view of the toilet. So, you know, it wasn't like a frontal view or anything, but a a full video. (laughs) We got a full video sent in. Crazy stuff. Just a quick, uh, you know, around the table here. If if any of your wives caught caught you videoing them while they're having a pee, how would they react? (laughs) (laughs) Not good. No. No, not at all. I I certainly wouldn't be then putting it on the internet to share with people. Yeah, that's the... the (laughs) Videotaping for your own personal preference is very different than emailing it to a a show. Yeah. Did we ever... Get different. your take uh, on the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Larry creates, you know, basically yeah. a, um, a urinal, or I guess you want to call it a toilet uh, design for women in his store that is sort of the idea of the leapy, sort of. Yeah. I know it's not exactly the same, but like you sort of almost, it's almost like a, like a, like a motorbike. Yeah, you hold on there. you hold on. Yeah, yeah. Because, because he's saying that ladies don't like to actually sit, they right. like to hover. Right, they hover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right, that's right. What in, is a, in a public uh, restroom, yeah. Because you're not allowed to uh, defecate in there, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no Monte Larry's, you can't defecate. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Mocha yeah. Joe's, drop a dump. Yeah, I guess it's just a, a more modern version, but I guess it shows that like more people are thinking about it, aren't they? To have that. that <laughs> more uh, people are thinking. Well, I mean, you know, 
that's uh, that that's it's out there now. It is for sure. You yeah. Know? So it's more an advanced version of the toilet to allow it to yeah. to be more um, accepted and more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So and, and I wonder with uh, all of this working from home, social distancing, uh, you know, you mount the toilet. You could put the laptop on the back of the toilet. You're facing it. Continue to work. Crunch those numbers. I mean, I wonder yeah. if it'll kick up a little bit more here, the leaping. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, it's you're in a comfortable position, so that's really what it's all about. You know? All right. Uh, next one here. This one's from George in Warwick, England. Hey, Lily, as you've had the pleasure of living in some of the greatest sporting cities in the world, you are pretty well qualified to answer. Is MSG really the world's most famous arena? It's always struck me as one of those Americanisms, forgetting the world outside of the U.S. even exists. Surely the MCG, Wembley Stadium, the Maracana, or even the Bird's Nest would be more renowned across the planet. Would love to hear what your favorites are. Again, that's from George. George the Pommy, he writes. Yeah. What is, what, what is that? Is that a, an Australian pommy, thing? Yeah. To, a, to English. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah we, we call them the Poms. Um, I mean, it might be the most famous arena uh but it's not the greatest arena in the world i don't M- think msg yes yeah, that's sorry msg yeah. yes it, it's most famous i mean because it's in new york city you know one of the most famous cities of course in the world but yeah. I, I mean i just don't think it's big enough um to be you know the the world's greatest arena okay so what do you think it is you know, I, I'm that very, you've been to well i'm very lucky because i have been to the maracana in rio um the new camp in barcelona wembley and the mcg obviously in melbourne is one that um i've probably been to the most just because i grew up there and that holds hundred thousand people you see it every every september at the grand final how packed it is in there uh for the Absolutely. Uh, i went that. to a game there oh that's right yeah. yeah and wembley stadium i mean that has such a iconic history as well the new camp in barcelona i mean that holds i think it's around ninety-five thousand people there and the maracana in rio i mean that's that's the most famous football arena um maybe in the world and i just feel like those ones having been there you know the atmosphere is different they're outdoor as well which helps yeah i always yeah. think an outdoor arena is 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 just it's better to to watch any sort of um, event whether it's a game or a concert or or whatever so, um, I mean, the MSG is fine, but it's sort of, it's more just its location rather than the arena itself, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's called the world's most famous arena. A lot of these other ones are stadiums. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, splitting hairs a little bit there, but I just... Splitting uh, Robin Williams' leg hairs. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, like being at the new Camp to watch a Barcelona game is, like, incredible. Like, the atmosphere there, when you've got... Everyone just hanging off every single kick of the ball is great. And so what are you going with, man? Well, well you got to pick one. Uh, What's mean, your favorite one you've ever been? To? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the Homer card here. I'm gonna say the MCG okay, okay. because uh, you know having seen cricket there, having seen music events there, having seen Aussie Rules there, yeah, like it's always been it's always just been something special. But I guess you feel a little bit more homely there. You sure, know, sure. You jump on the train, you get out, and you're at the G for a huge event. The G. The yeah. G. Okay. All right, last question here, Lee. This is a genuine question, (laughs) is how this tweeter starts it. What is Lee's favorite tree and why? If he doesn't have an answer, I'll be disappointed personally and on behalf of all trees. And that's from Estol Chipman on Twitter. Uh, favorite tree I like the gum tree the uh, the big old uh, eucalyptus gum tree yeah (laughs) jolly swag man Uh, are there a lot of gum trees outside of the MCG you you big homer you know where they are actually Tassie where are they in Athens they have gum trees really yeah I remember at the Olympics I remember walking around and I was like oh man this looks like a gum tree and it was. <laughs> they uh, they planted a few there. They're yeah. just a beautiful, big, you know, strong, confident tree. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like when you look at like uh, like we get a lot of those pine wood trees around here in uh, in Atlanta. Yep. I've seen like four or five of those fall down in the time we've been here. And uh, oh, it has nothing to do with the tree, though. Well, Don't blame uh, the tree. The soil, it's right? all it's all in the clay soil that we got down yeah, here. It can't you, establish the roots. I just don't remember seeing a gum tree. Just like defending a, the trees. Don't you dare blame I'm just saying there was one in the park the other day that went down. It wasn't even that big a storm that we had. You know, like if you're going to go down, go down gum, in a yeah. go down in a hurricane or something like that. You yeah. know, gum yeah. trees they, yeah. they just stand their ground in the weather. Okay. And, um, These I, wussy trees we have down here in Atlanta. <laughs> 
<laughs> you ain't no gum tree. <laughs> that, not, the, the leaves on a gum tree aren't the most uh, beautiful. Oh, uh, no, they are. They're, 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 they're <laughs> eucalyptus. You, I'm you, with you, Tass. No, you break one open. Oh, no, like they are. You break one open and smell that eucalyptus, and it's beautiful. That's what the koalas live on. They eat that all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, it, it's just great for your senses. Like, you, you get a couple of those in there, and you smell it, and you're like, oh, man, I feel great. <laughs> no, they're good. Cleans out the, <laughs> cleans out the souls and the senses. These have... These are like a Vicks vapor rub. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's Just where the eucalyptus a, comes from. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and, the, I, I and, like and the kookaburra sits in it. Yeah, yeah. Kookaburra <laughs> sits in the old gum tree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're just, they're, they are beautiful. All right. Yeah. Nice, nice, really nice branches, base. Yeah. On, on, Good solid yeah. base. You know, that's yeah. what you need. <laughs> you know? The thing with these pine wood trees here, like they're just so thin, you know, yeah. like and that, that's why I think as well, you're talking about the soil. I think it's just the way that they're no, being it's designed. Not. Oh, no, it's not. We live in a, a city of a forest here. A city in a forest. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. a gum tree forest. wouldn't stand a chance here. Ah, uh, well, come on. The gum trees can handle the weather as well. They're, they're, they're not wusses, you know, they're not going to complain when it's too hot or too cold. <laughs> like you. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know, they, they, they can withstand any conditions. They just, you know, they're, they're bold. They're strong. They're the sort of tree you want to be. Well, yeah, we ended on a, we ended on a strong go. gum tree-like note there. So thank you so much for sending in all your questions for our Ask Lee Anything podcast. Before we go, uh, we did really want to thank all of you that stuck with us this past week, uh, continuing to download and listen to our shows, despite, of course, there being no basketball uh, we hope some of our random podcasts, be it like the Squad episode or our brand new No Buffs Survivor Recap podcast, hopefully it helped kill some time for you out there. Maybe take your mind off some things, even if just for an hour. We'll have another, what, five or six podcasts lined up next week. So we ain't going anywhere. In fact, your weekend homework is to all watch Coach Carter. That will be the basketball movie we'll be dissecting on Monday's episode of Film Session. We did White Man Can't Jump on Monday, but this coming Monday, Coach Carter. All right? Everybody's got to watch it. I'm talking to everybody here in the office, of course, too. 64 on Rotten Tomatoes with an 85 audience score. What? Wow. Wow. I mean, I will Uh, say. I'm shocked. Those are high numbers to me. I'm not very excited to uh, dig into this movie again. I said that before, um, but it's very polarizing. People on Twitter are like, yes, my favorite movie of all time, or people are like, oh my God, this movie sucks. So maybe it'll make for a fun podcast, a film session. Yeah, that's my guess, is that if you were in high school when Coach Carter came out, you probably like it as a high school basketball movie, because to me, it's yeah, like, I, I really like Sunset Park, but that came out when I was in high school, and I bet it sucks now. Huh. Yeah, so well, maybe that's yeah, it. Maybe we'll get to Sunset we'll Park see. too. But Coach Carter, that's the movie for Monday's Film Session Podcast. Uh, finally here, I mentioned this earlier in the week. Uh, we had a number of you guys reach out to us to ask how you could sort of give back, support the show during the NBA on hiatus. We don't need your money. We don't need your money. Unless, of course, you want to buy a No Dunks t-shirt. Go nuts. <laughs> NoDunks.com. But we have picked a charity that we would encourage you to donate to on our behalf. Again, it's if that's something you're keen to do because some of you wrote in. Charity is called CDP COVID-19 Response Fund, right? Okay, not the sexiest name, but it has earned a four-star Charity Navigator rating. So, you know, if you're interested in funding response and recovery efforts for those affected, you know, helping out the responders as well, search for CDP COVID-19 Response Fund. Um, And so, you know, donors out there, you'd be supporting containment and response and recovery activities and all that. We'll make sure to tweet, Instagram that out. But again, if you wanted to do something, uh, and, and, and you wanted to sort of, in a way, thank us in a weird way for continuing the show here during the NBA being on hiatus, then then, then give your money to uh, something, some fund that really, really, truly needs it. So we'll share that. All right, Clipper Rose. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Robbie Williams still has it. <laughs> Embrace the weekend, people.